Game two of the ALDS between the Indians and Red Sox. Cleveland looking for a 2-0 series lead. LeBron James and company on hand to rile up the crowd, and they were ready to go at progressive field for this one. We pick up the action in the second scoreless game. David Price in a jam with two men on facing Brandon Geyer. Looper over short. That's going to fall for a base hit. They're going to wave Santana around. They're at the corners, and it's 1-0. That ball is rifled into the corner in right, and it's a fair ball. That's going to score a run, and now it's, a, it's called a home run. The original signal was fair ball. What do we think it hit out there? You see, there's one. There is plexiglass in front of a camera out there, and that's exactly what it hit. I mean, that thing got out in a split second. So two down for Jason Kipnis. The 0-1. In the left field, that ball's going to get down for a base hit. Here comes Perez to the plate. Here comes the throw. It's cut off. 5-0 Cleveland. Here's Brock Colt. One for two with a single. Bangs one to first. Kicks off Napoli to Kipnis. Throws to Kluber. Got him! How oh, what a play! Just your routine pinball, 3-4-1 on the out at first. Kipnis made a bare hand grab and throw, and the out will stand, and they're on their feet roaring again. And he is shutting out the Red Sox through five innings of work. And there is strikeout number seven, two down in the seventh. Benintendi pops it up behind third. Long run. Is somebody going to make a play? Yes, Brandon Geyer. One, two, three inning in the seventh. They're roaring for Corey Kluber here. His day is over. What a night's work. Otero has pitched five times in previous playoffs. Otero's ready. Here it comes. A swing and a bouncing ball up the middle. Lindor gloves it, runs, steps on second. Innings over, and Dan Otero comes through again. The Indians take a commanding 2-0 series lead, winning game 2-6-0. Corey Kluber, the third Indians pitcher ever to go seven-plus scoreless innings and record seven or more strikeouts in a postseason game. Brandon Geyer, three hits and two runs scored. David Price drops to 0-8 in postseason games he started as he allows five runs and three in a third innings. That's the shortest start of his playoff career. Game three is in Boston on Sunday. Josh Tomlin up against Clay Buchholz. Indians manager Terry Francona spoke after the game. He knows his team is in a great position after securing a 2-0 series lead. I think everybody's just playing baseball. I think that's, that's what, what, what we know how to do. I think when you start thinking about other things that maybe we're not so good at, so we'll try to stay away from that and just play the game and play the game as well as we can and see what happens. I think they're having, you know, again, it's, it's more fun when you win, but I don't see anybody backing down or anything like that. Now the atmosphere is going to be a little different come Sunday. Uh, Terry was uh, Corey Kluber's first uh, postseason appearance, but I imagine he has some characteristics that made you feel really comfortable that he would feel comfortable out there on the mound. Oh, boy, that never even entered into my mind. Um, he's pitched so many big games for us that, I mean, he's been our guy for, for the last three years. He just he takes the ball every five days, and he's ready to pitch, and that thought never entered my mind.
In the same vein, if you, I mean, you've been around a lot of pitchers. Is Kluber about as unflappable as anybody you've ever been around? It seems like he never. Hourly, you never see anything. Um, he's, he, I, there's a fire in there, though, that burns a lot. He can't be that good without it. But he won't let anybody know it, which I think is great. Is, is, but he competes like crazy, though. Going into the game, considering how heavy your bullpen was used last night, how what was the ideal scenario in your mind for how far you could get with Kluber, and how much do you think the early lead kind of helped him pitch not only effectively but efficiently? Well, I mean, I, I guess I feel like he's going to pitch good regardless. He's pitched a lot of close games for us. I'm sure if you ask him, he'd probably say he enjoys having the lead. Um, you know, the one thing we won't do is regardless of what we did with our bullpen last night, we wouldn't ask a starter to go farther than he could. You know, we'd, maybe you'd go to Otero earlier or Brian Shaw. We, we felt like we could cover it. Corey Kluber tosses an absolute gem, becoming the third Indians pitcher ever to throw seven-plus scoreless innings and record seven or more strikeouts in a postseason game. He spoke about his masterful performance after the game. It was a blast. I mean, you know, it was, it was obviously a great atmosphere, um, just like it was last night. Uh, you know, I... I enjoyed it. I think that it was uh, a lot of fun to have, you know, a crowd like that, especially was, you know, that end of the game. Fourth inning, a uh, couple walks and uh, one out, and uh, you get Ortiz and Ramirez. Could you go through uh, getting those two outs? Yeah, um, like you said, uh, a couple walks kind of, kind of shot myself in the foot there, uh, put us, put us in a hole. Um, got Ortiz to, to, you know, pop out to. To shallow center, and then, you know, with with uh, Ramirez, um, you know, it just just a matter of trying to execute good pitches. You know, he's he's obviously a, a very good hitter, and he's swinging the bat really well right now. Um, you know, trying to, if anything, limit damage. You know, uh, and in the end, we were able to to get out with no damage. Jack Morris was impressed with Corey Kluber stepping up with the rotation banged up and also how the offense got contributions from the bottom part of the lineup. Corey was up for the task. I think you always have to look at a guy with that much rest and control being the biggest issue. Can he command his pitches? He was able to show that early in the game at least he had his fastball and his breaking ball got better as the game progressed. He didn't have to throw a lot of breaking balls though because he was able to backdoor that fastball, that two-seamer away uh, to left to right-handers that came back on the outside corner and caught the inside corner to left-handers. And, you know, when you look at this Indians rotation as it currently stands, they're very banged up. Uh, injuries to both Carlos Carrasco and Danny Salazar. And I think that Kluber knows that he has to be the guy going forward, and at least for one night, he certainly was. Well, I'm sure there was a lot of questions. I'm sure Terry Francona, even though he didn't publicly show any of that, he had some concerns, obviously, when you're, two of your uh, big guys go down and are not eligible for postseason because of injury. It puts added pressure on the guys that are going to throw. And with the bullpen doing so much work in the first game, he needed Corey Kluber to go deep. He stood up to the challenge big time. Similar to game one, as we saw Roberto Perez step up in the number nine spot. It was two guys in game two, once again in the lower third of that order. Yeah, Lonnie Chisenhall with a big three-run home run and Brandon Geyer with three hits. Two guys in the bottom part of the order that stepped up big time. And it's got to give the team confidence knowing that it doesn't always have to be the big names in the top of the order to get the job done. Cleveland continues to do a good job with their offense. And uh, to elaborate on that point, how much confidence can a team derive when you've got two wins under your belt? You're one win away 
and you're getting contributions from those big names, but you're being carried by the supporting cast. Well, I think it's always a plus. Uh, the bottom line is in baseball, you're only as good as your next next game starter. So, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I think, you know, Chisholm Hall looked for a pitch off of David Price, his first home run as a left-hander off a left-hander this year, and he was looking middle half in because David Price can get it up there, and he was able to just get the bat head out, barrel it up, and send it down the right field line. Lonnie Chisenhall's first homer this season off a left-handed pitcher was the big blow in this one. Yeah, you know, uh, like I said, it was tough to see that first at bat. Uh, I was kind of looking for something out over the plate. Price is very aggressive. He's usually around the zone. He had missed in twice, but I continued to look over the plate. Fortunately, uh, I reacted to that ball in and was able to keep it fair. Uh, I don't remember too much running around the bases. Uh, you know, I remember seeing it go out, and you know, I I knew it was a home run, so I, I slowed down you know, pretty quickly. Uh, it was a quick run around the bases, um, but as far as you know, no postseason experience for the guys. Besides that one game in thirteen, which you know we had a handful of guys, we we haven't seen a lot of postseason. Um, so, you know, the coaches, the staff, everybody's treating it like the regular season. I know the hitters are trying to to be as normal as possible with routines and you know, there's a few extra hoops to jump through but it's you, you try to you know limit the the extra stuff and you know limit the noise. Jason Kipnis and Brandon Geyer on taking care of business at home and heading to Boston within one game of the ALCS. It's been our motto as of late it's a rally together and this city is buying into it just like we did and you're seeing what can happen how special it could be when they all buy in. You had a big hit in this game in the fourth inning. You guys knocked out David Bryce early. You can't ever take anything for granted against that great offense over there. What was going through your head during your at-bat there in the fourth? We always we always try to score early and keep adding on throughout the game. That's what kind of our motto has been as an offense, is what we preach in our meetings. Um, we knew four, four could be four swings with that offense over there. So we knew we had to keep pressing on and keep the – the foot on the pedal, and uh, luckily we scraped a couple more across and gave our, our bullpen a couple, little bit easier breaths. Up 2-0. That's got to feel good. That feels good. This team can relax a little bit and then take the day off, enjoy it, rest up, and we're looking to, like we said, keep that foot on that pedal once game three comes around. A huge second inning for you guys. You delivered a big hit there. How were you guys, you were teammates with David Price with the race. How were you able to get to him here? Um, you know, for me personally, uh, the game of baseball, I, I got it. I put it in play. It found some grass. I didn't crush it necessarily, but um, you know that was big. And then Lonnie with the big home run. Um, you know he doesn't get the start against many lefties, but he came through today, and that was huge. You came through offensively. Three hits in this game. How are you feeling so good at the plate on such a big stage? Uh, for me, I just try to psych myself out that it's just another game and, and not think too much into it. And uh, that's what I did today. And I think a lot of the other players are doing it. And, we have guys like Napoli and stuff who, who help the, the other guys who haven't been in the postseason necessarily. So, uh, you know, feeding off of those guys and just talking to them helps a lot. Up to nothing going to Boston. What's the team's mentality right now? Uh, just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, that's a great team over there. They can come back uh, just like that. So we got to just keep, uh, keep pushing it and uh, try to get a win on Sunday.